I've always been fascinated by today's gospel reading of the Annunciation. At one point in my life, when I was much younger, Mary was sort of a hero to me. The epitome of the idea that the last shall be first, this lowly maiden chosen by God to receive great honor because of her humility and her virtue. It was like she got the premier merit scholarship of sainthood and godly preference. At other points in my life, I found the story a bit disappointing and Mary's character to be kind of a wet rag. Her easy surrender to the angel's proclamation, her unquestioning yes to God seemed naive or foolish at best. The Annunciation, that Kickstarter to the Christmas countdown, is a fascinating mixture of things, especially for its main character. Mary is greeted as the favored one, but this means anything but a joyride for her. Being in God's favor, being the one chosen to be the bearer of God incarnate, means becoming pregnant out of wedlock, risking being shunned by her fiancé, the possibility of being homeless, destitute, with a young mouth to feed, having to be pregnant for nine months, the morning sickness, the physical discomfort, it meant having to go through childbirth alone and unassisted, ultimately with ox and ass as her midwives and complete strangers, stinky, dirty shepherds and foreign magi to witness and celebrate the child's birth. No family bringing balloons and flowers to the delivery room. No nurses to help you learn how to swaddle. It meant raising a child whose execution she would one day have to witness. It meant saying yes to the impossible, the impossibly painful, and the impossibly miraculous. This young woman was told she would give birth to God, that she would usher in the very event that we celebrate tonight and tomorrow, that the celebration of Emmanuel, of God with us, of the divine taking on our human nature and entering into this world in order to redeem it, the news the angel Gabriel brought her wasn't just news about things that would happen to her, to her body, to her life, but about things that would happen to the world as God chose to enter it. The angel declared that nothing was impossible with God. Now, we often hear that the phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season, right, has a nice little rhymey ring to it. It's a way of affirming the Christian religious celebration of Christmas, or at least an attempt to prevent commercialism from completely hijacking the holiday. But very often, the image associated with a statement like that is sort of this like lovely, docile image of a nativity scene of baby Jesus just calmly lying in a manger, flanked by Mary and Joseph and some shepherds and some magi and some animals, all just gazing lovingly upon the newborn babe, right? And the urgency of the Christmas story is just so not there. It's kind of dismissed in in that sentiment when it's all about this cute little baby being adored by his parents in a stable. And it's not about the difficulties that Mary and Joseph had to endure in order for this miraculous birth to occur. The birth of Jesus is full of trial and tribulation. Joseph and Mary had to make a very long journey to Bethlehem in her third trimester Surely a trip that any 21st OBGYN, uh, 21st century OBGYN would advise against. 
When they finally arrive at their destination, there's nowhere to stay. You can hear the desperation in Joseph's voice as he tries to find like anywhere for them to lay their heads, as Mary is literally groaning in labor pains. Jesus might be the reason for the season, but this part of the birth story is certainly not the stuff of Hallmark cards and sentiment, sentimental holiday displays. And yet, at Christmas, this is what we celebrate, a birth, the end result of pregnant expectation, the culmination of a season of waiting in a moment of hope, with all its messiness, all its anxiety, all its joy. We celebrate the emergence of new life amidst great trial, the joy of light after a season of darkness. We celebrate the arrival of something long expected against all odds and challenging circumstances. That moment of elation when a long period of toil produces something miraculous. We join with other strangers who have paid him homage that first Christmas night, and we welcome with joy and with hope the coming of this little baby whom God has asked Mary to bring into the world. We celebrate the fact that nothing is impossible with God, that out of great triumph, tri tribulation can come great triumph, that Mary's yes to God meant yes to something scary and messy and painful and wondrous and life-changing all at the same time. But for us, for Christians, Christmas is not only about the birth of Jesus 2,000 years ago. It is about his birth here and now, each and every day. It is about how we are all called not to join the shepherds and the magi, but to join Mary. It's about how we, like Mary, are all called by God to be bearers of God in this world. The 13th century philosopher and theologian Meister Eckhart said, we are all meant to be mothers of God, for God is constantly needing to be born. God is constantly needing to be born. Every grief, every anxiety, every abuse, every violent act, every despair, every loneliness, every hardness of heart, every disagreement, every scorn needs the birth of God's love and light from each and every one of us. St. Francis of Assisi said, we are mothers when we carry God in our hearts and body through a divine love and a pure and sincere conscience and give birth to God through a holy activity which must shine as an example before others. God is brought into this world through our holy activity, just as God was brought into the world 2,000 years ago through Mary's. Mary's holy activity shines as an example for all of us. Her yes to God, her willingness to bring God into the world, was an example of faith not only in God to do the impossible, but in her own ability to do the impossible. To get pregnant out of wedlock, risk the reaction of her fiance, the hope that she would not become homeless and destitute, have a child in the most dire of circumstances, raise that child to be a sacrificial lamb for slaughter, just as he was reaching the prime of his life, Mary's yes to being a God-bearer was a yes to her own strength, as well as a yes to God's. It is her yes to an impossibly difficult choice. Birth is not an easy process. 
However anticipated, however awaited and longed for, the emergence of new life is painful and difficult. In pain you shall bring forth children, God declares to Eve, as she and Adam were cursed and banished from the Garden of Eden. Birth has always been the pairing of pain with joy, yet in the end, birth celebrates the triumph of joy over pain, hope over despair, life over death. I've heard it explained that Christmas is about Jesus being born in our hearts. There are so many lovely lines from our Christmas carols that allude to that in some way. And I partially agree. Certainly, as Christians, we invite Jesus to be born in our hearts, to dwell there, to grow there. But Christmas is not just about our own internal, personal stuff, how we like, work it out with God one-on-one but about the stuff that happens within us and around us. God, yes, gestates in our hearts, but Christmas is about the boundary and barrier-breaking birth of God in human form dwelling among us. Christmas invites us to give birth to God not only in our hearts, but in the world, as Mary did. It's not only the invitation to harbor and nurture God within ourselves, but the invitation to release God's love into the world around us. We're called to give birth to God in this world, with all of its messiness, all its anxiety, all its joy. So greetings, favored ones. You too are called to be mothers of God. Amen.